Hey everybody, welcome back to Cute Up Esports. Your uh, your local. It's not really local. Uh, your source for uh, esports news information, uh, fun stuff, whatever whatever the hell I feel like talking about. Uh, I'm Monk HB. Uh, with me is only one co-host. How you doing, Freddie Bones over here? Freddie Bones. And uh, also joining us today is uh, uh, <laughs> I, I want to get this right. Quarterly Rapport, uh, event organizer and TO, uh, Chris Farina, also known as hello. Best Boy Mist. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, we brought you on to the show because, uh, you know, with COVID-19 running rampant, closing down schools, closing down jobs, closing closing down everything, pretty much. Um, so much. Uh, it's also closing down tournaments. FGC tournaments, Combo Breaker just announced that they're canceled. Evo's probably on the chopping block if it isn't already. It'll at least get postponed. There's no way it's going to go through. Yeah. Uh, CEO got postponed, I believe, or is about to be postponed. Um, yeah, so during all this, uh, you as an event organizer have had to overcome these struggles, and you decided to uh, run what I, what I want to call an online major tournament. Yeah, there's no term for it really, so that's like what we kind of started calling it. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so yeah, let's let's kind of get a little bit of history uh, on yourself, who you are, what events you run, and then we'll kind of dive into the history of uh, quarantine rapport. Okay. Well, me with respect to FGC video games, I guess starts with toing melee locals in 2013. Uh, I was TOing other random games before that. Like, I was the type of kid in middle and high school that would hang out at comic stores and do Hero Clicks and Yu Gi Oh! and Naruto TCG. Oh, yeah. And yeah, all those random games. Not so much Magic, really. But so then I went on to TO uh, Melee at the Break in 2013. And throughout college, I did that. So quarterly, we started in 2016, I believe. Yeah. And that was basically when I had graduated Rutgers and so had another friend of mine. Uh, Chris Wilkinson, who's one of the co-founders of Quarterly, and he he was more on like the FGC side, and I was one of the co-founders of the Smash Club because it was just kind of taking off in 2016. Although, yeah, I guess like 2014 onward, it kind of started taking off. But that was the first time we had a club at Rutgers. They didn't have any esports stuff before that. So after we both graduated, we were both in the area still, and we we basically just reached out to SKD. I don't know if you know him. Um, he's more famous in BB Tag and some other games, anime mainly, uh, Team Stick Bug stuff. And then John Nitty, who he's more involved in Soul Calibur, I think. Uh, we were the four main TOs for the first one, which, let's look at my sheet here. April 17, 2016 was the first one. We had five events, uh, three unique games, 1,400 in prizes, and 122 people showed up. So for a first really event, good for a first that's event. actually insane. Holy cow. Yeah, that's really good. So let me, yeah, if you go here, I'll send this link. We have all of our brackets there. So I think the first one would be QR1 SSBM. So we held this in an office building. Um, if you go to that first link I sent you, or I'll just link it again. Here's some photos of that first event. Uh, there's this building called Cedar Corp, I think. 
And basically, they had a tenant in the office that wasn't there anymore. And some TO had somehow gotten an ability to run a Smash 4 event, or I don't remember what type of game it was. But then we got in touch with them, and we were able to run this three-game event. And we, we got to run there two times, uh, QR1 and QR2. And then right before QR3, it was January, and the pipes froze in the ceiling, and everything burst, and the entire Whoa. venue... Yeah, the entire venue was rendered unusable, and we had to find a new place in like a week. So that's when we scrambled and found the old venue, well, the new venue that we're at now, which was an old venue from back in the day when we had Katar and Skatar and all these other New Jersey regionals. And then they kind of stopped for a while, and now they've kind of restarted hosting events. Yeah, since like April 2017, we've been hosting in that church gym area at the Eternal Life Christian Center. And we've been hosting 11 games, or sorry, eight unique games and about 11 or 12 events. Some of them are singles and doubles. And we average like 100 up, although, oh wait, let's see, total uniques, 200, 160, 200, 130. Yeah, we've been fluctuating because we had a hiatus for two years when I was at grad school, but we've kind of stabilized now at 130, which was our last one on March 7th, right before the quarantine happened. That's actually pretty impressive, especially for something so frequent. Let me send... Well, the whole point is we're not frequent, right? <laughs> we're not well, frequent, like, but we run these on a regular basis. <laughs> right. So the idea was, the original philosophy was... I, I mean, so what games were you playing in, like, 2016 onward? Like, where do you come from in the FGC? Uh, so Smash Felipe and, for me. Yeah, I was going to say, Felipe and I both, we, uh, we're both melee play heads. Oh, you're melee. Okay, so what region are you? Like, state? Florida. Uh, okay, so how many how many locals a week did you have back in like 2014, 2016, and then today? You're, like so, next to nothing back then. Yeah, I was gonna say you're asking a very biased question because we're from okay. we're from Florida, but uh, we're from we're from the Tampa, Florida region. Uh, is... I get it. You're a big state. Well, I wanted to see if the event frequency was increasing then because what was amazing in 2016 was we had like eight locals a week in New Jersey, more than we had days. So every local was like eight people. One top player would go to each of them. They would all like not compete and just win the events and no one would see each other. It was pretty Oh, it sounds terrible, yeah. Yeah, and the venues would be charging. It was terrible. And then on top of that, it was like total smash takeover. There were no FGC events because every event would just run Melee and then I guess it was like uh, Smash 4, yeah. Like that was just coming out in 2016, 2017, right? Yeah. So every regional like got those two, and then all the other little games kind of died off. So the whole point of quarterly report was, one, we did it less frequently because there was way too many events. Two, it was like rapport between the games, so getting a bunch of games together, and then also having a chance for like all the Melee players in North and South Jersey to actually go to one event. And we would work with like the local TOs to make sure no one ran on that day. And we'd try our best to like get TOs to bring their crowds out. At least that's how we tried it originally, but that was the original vision behind it. And then I guess that's kind of expanded now with our online thing, but I think it's been working well. It's like use Melee to bootstrap the other ones instead of a uh, monoculturing Smash and then like killing off the diversity kind of. I don't know how to explain it. No, that makes that makes absolute perfect sense because... It's easier to, like, if you look at a tournament like Combo Breaker, where it's, you know, you got your, like, 12 or 15 main games, and then, like, a bunch of side tournaments for a bunch of other games, 
a lot of smaller communities go to combo breaker to get their game featured so more eyes are on it and yeah like you've got thousands of people there so it's like the same thing but on a smaller scale for you guys yes exactly and like i have nothing against ultimate or smash 4 any of those games too but like every smash to would only run melee in that game so on the one hand i felt like there's so much demand and even, i still to this day i have people complain that i don't run those games but like one it would make us charge way more for venue because we charge like ten dollar and 15 if you're late we try to keep it as low as possible right so logistically it's such a hassle to deal with that especially with like three months leading up to each one and we have the parents and the kids messaging us and the refunds and like there, there's all these little things that add up and just the effort put into that and the venue space put into that too would mean we probably wouldn't run two or three of those little games so it's it's like directly a viewership and money trade-off and i don't blame any eto that runs melee and another like ultimate or popular game because you will make more money but Right. I guess when everyone was doing that in New Jersey, so we thought we would do something different, and it happened to keep working. Yeah. Did it work as far as um, the the interest in the games that weren't as popular? Did they actually increase in interest? Because I feel like most Smash players stick to their game. That's Yeah, so we've sort of fiddled around. Let me show you our total entrance. So I'll send you this privately. So... Like, you can tell Street Fighter V down the tubes since we started uh, 28 and 2016, and it's down to, like, five now. Third Strike is going up because we have this great partnership with Jazzy now, and they've been great, so we love working with them. Uh, we actually gave them our board seat. I don't know if you know about our policy, the board seats. Let uh, me send you this. I, I believe uh, you, you have, like, a set list where it's like, yeah, these are guaranteed for life to be at our... Yeah. We, we have this, not for the online ones, because that's new, but sticking with our business theme, we have board seats for the games, and Third Strike is one of those. So as a board seat, it will always be run at our live events, and like we cool. made that deal with Jazzy. So we're happy to like keep Third Strike alive. We do it for Skullgirls, too, although we used to get more people coming out, and now it's kind of dead. We keep trying, though. And then, yeah, I mean, the numbers are all over the place. We also kind of rotate things in and out. Like, we tried running Tekken, just no one came for it, sadly. And same with Sam Show, like, four people showed up. Yeah. And even at its peak, Sam Show was getting, like, 40. So, or at least in our area. But we're, we're happy to, like, work with small games. And, I like, the original way I got introduced to the Lethal League devs was years ago I'd asked them if they wanted to work on a local level at one of these regionals. And they were just, like, weren't interested because it was too small. So online, it made more sense, and I guess that's why this model works so well. Okay, but, yeah. Yeah, but it, like at the in-person event regionals, we do best with legacy games, like 64, of course, because the whole community will come out for that. Same with Third Strike, same with Melee. So th that's what the board seats are supposed to represent. The old games, like 10 plus years, that are respected, and we know people will come out for them if we run it. They just need the certainty. They don't want to deal with Mr. Wizard like jerking them around. <laughs> like teasing if they'll come out and yeah and like the worst case we don't take a loss on it because it's just two setups in the corner for the people who don't come and we just use the space for other games because we have all these little ones now right so maybe we're able to do that because we're juggling a bunch of small ones instead of a few big ones but you know it's got its own trade-offs so that's kind of the background on yourself and uh your your main event that you organize let's talk about the online event that you uh you organized and ran uh, a couple weeks back um quarantine rapport uh what is the like what spawned this creation and uh like 
give us the timeline. Like, give us the rundown on it. Okay. I have to think. So, like, March, I think I had, let me find my PowerPoint that I made as my wrap-up. Yeah, so, like, March 7th, you had your uh, your last quarterly Yeah, report. so March 7th, yeah, like, clearly, the last three months, I guess, me and the other people were working on getting QR7 going. So we ran that all as a one-day event on March 7th. And we were basically debating at that time if we should push it off. We were probably that last weekend where, well, like, you know, we were one of those last weekends where we were safe. Right. Here, let me paste this image so we have it. So that was the 7th. Um, I want to say, like, the 10th, we were in one of the NJSSPM chats. And we were just talking about having a netplay tournament. And one person wanted to run, like, a $1,000 high-stakes, high-roller tournament. And I think we just played around with that idea for a few days. And then, like, by Wednesday, so I guess the 11th around then, I just immediately went over to the like the head of 64 community, which I guess would be uh, Dark Horse. He, he's the head of it in terms of QR. So we had just run QR, and I went to him and said, hey, like, you want to run a Netflix tournament in another week? And once he was on board, I just went over to, like, Kenan Black. He's our Skullgirls representative for the in-person event. I said the same thing, like, hey, would you run Skullgirls? And he was like, sure. He didn't want to run Third Strike because he doesn't deal with online Third Strike. But he got uh, Jazzy involved, Anthony, of course. So basically just snowballed from there. And you can see on the timeline, like, within one week, we had eight games. Within two weeks after that, we had the 36. And then we ran it. Let me get Here, Go ahead. Let me find my graph I made. I think that was better. Do you have all the stats? I love this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like part of our business theme. It was kind of a joke at first. It's then, kind of a joke, but oh, now it's cool. it's my career, and I wear a suit to my job every day. Yeah, like, I mean, I do operational, boring business stuff in some regards, so I'm good with PowerPoint and Excel. <laughs> so it works. And so does my co-founder, too. So we always think it's funny. We, we thought the best recap we could have done would be, like, paying Tyrone or paying some, like, fake business person to recite some wrap-up presentation. We just right. didn't have enough time for that. That would have actually been very good. Yeah, we, we like the idea of using stock photos and keeping it very like <laughs> and corporate because it's just so easy to make all the aesthetics work together and, and you know unify everyone. That's also why they do it. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's like it's cheap, but our aesthetic—I don't know—the bad Photoshop aesthetic is very forgiving, right? Right. People like it. I get more compliments on these banners than most other stuff we put into the series. Yeah, no, definitely because like it's like, oh, look at that! Like the all the all the Street Fighter guys—they're all wearing suits. They're all hanging around the business table. Yeah, did you see the old ones? Uh, I put so much time into those. I, I think yeah. I, I've seen them. So yeah. those are the one, two, three, and four. Let me find five and six. Five, and we would use it to showcase the new game usually. Although that kind of broke down after a while. Right. Six, uh, seven, and we stuck in Geese Howard in the back in this one announcement, which was funny. <laughs> yeah. There's so many good poses and, like, characters to use that we actually take time to think and, like, find good shots. So that's always a fun part. Other than that, though, yeah, <laughs> we just, like, we just run in one day. We put all that effort in, and we just kind of hibernate for two months and start the sequence again. This is dope. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I have a folder somewhere of all the bad ones, the 
the quarantines Tio has made. Let me find it. Uh, can I dump all these? Oh, wow. Oh my God. Okay, you're right. Some of these aren't as good as the other one, so you're definitely right. Yeah, it's like actually an art and a science. We save the good photos and like the good angles. We like it's really hard to explain. If we really wanted to go into how to make a good quarterly Photoshop, we could. That's a that's a whole separate <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> I think I made a pin about it. Let me find it. Our branding guidelines. Like one has to face the camera, no watermarks. Yeah, here we go. Anyway, enough about the banners. So <laughs> All right, what were we so talking about? We had just ended seven. Yeah, just ended seven. You uh, talked about it in uh, your Discord, played around with the idea. So let me get this straight. Like, because um, you reached out to like me and Curb to run Lethal League at a local. Yeah. League. So what number were you? What What number did I give you? I think six. Oh, that was early. Yeah. So the order was exactly in that thing. I went immediately to the four or five I had on me. Third strike was delayed to like ten because they were kind of debating. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's weird that like you were six. Sailor Moon was an early one. Bloody so, Roar was an early. One. So, uh, how it, like how it worked out is like you came to the Team Reptile Discord to talk about like Lethal League being run at a local event. Um, Curb is in New Jersey, so he stepped up. I'm on the East Coast. That's right. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll be like a co-to. And then like literally a week later, you're like, hey, do you want to run like this online event? And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, sure. Why not? <clears throat> Thinking it would just so, be. Oh, that's right. I may have asked you about in-person at first because we were thinking about a ton of indie games to add to the next one. Right. Oh, that's right. We were actually planning QR8 the weekend before and then immediately like this just took off. Yeah, exactly. So you were planning okay. it for your uh, for your local event. and then... Yeah, we could do that too, by the way. That'd be fun. <laughs> anyway, so that happened. What day was that on our calendar? That was like... I have to scroll where to go. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that was like the Tuesday or Wednesday that I first posted in there. And then by Saturday, you had confirmed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like in that time, like so Wednesday the 11th or whatever, um, we we like confirmed like, yeah, we'll do it. And then TR was like, yeah, you know, uh, talk to the people from uh, Michigan Masters because, like, their tournament got canceled and, like, we had a pop bonus for them and they have trophies and medals and all this other stuff for all these games. And you kind of, like, picked up, like, Sailor Moon S and... Uh, oh, yes. So, yeah, games. shout out to Michigan Masters and Glaceon especially because that's who I was talking to. Because, yeah, it was a combination of Lethal League but also Sailor Moon. They immediately were just like, hey, we're doing this for, for them already. Let's just join forces. And they joined right up. Yeah. And then, yeah, we will be shipping out those medals whenever they get them out. They've been delayed due to Corona, of course. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Did you, was Lethal League already setting up an online event in honor of Michigan Masters? Or were they just deciding what to do with their materials? Yeah, so uh, myself and a bunch of other people, we were planning to go out to Michigan Masters to compete in the event. Um, the event got canceled. Everyone was bummed out. And then uh, Glaceon posted on Twitter well, I've got all these tournament or all these trophies and all these medals. Like that's right. Yeah. Do people, want, do people want to reach out to me and I'll like send them to you? And I messaged Glazing. I was like, "Hey, uh, if you want, we can ho we can host an online tournament 
for the medals and trophies. And then by the time they got back to me, they'd already like been contacted by Yin Yin. They'd been contacted by you. And they're like, yeah, we, we got it all taken care of. Everyone's oh, perfect. Yeah. 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 And then I forget who it was for the Sailor Moon guys, but it was the same thing. Like they had already set up the online event and there were, I think we had three sanctioned BMS games. So it was Lethal League, Sailor Moon, and then Gundam Versus, I think. Yeah. Right. And then one one question we got was why we didn't run uni. It's because they had a Mima sanction event the same day, and they were kind of big. I asked them if they wanted to sort of do it together, but they were so big that I think it was better. They, they kept it separate, and then I decided not to run that game. And then I think there was one other. I don't want to say, was it Samsha? I don't remember which one it was, but there was some other game that weekend that we didn't run for the same reason for Mimas. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I mean, those those um games kind of have a community that can stand on their own. So. Yeah, and also like what one of our co-founder tos, which was SKD, uh, his team Stickbug ran event that an event that day too online. So that was for some other anime games. We just didn't bother getting that crowd, and we didn't want to interfere with them. I think we did overlap on one though. Forget which. Yeah. So we're, while we're on this topic, we've already started a little bit. Uh, we got thirty-six games, right, in total for this event. Yes. Uh, can we get like a quick rundown of those games? Oh man. So yeah, I'm just real. gonna I'm just gonna link you the official rules and documentation here. All right. I'll uh, I'll do a quick. Oh wait, here I got it. I got it. Wait, I'm just gonna paste this slide here. Nice. So that's in order of edition, and I could probably figure out which days were which, but... Yeah. No, like, I, I just want to list off the events. We got Melee, we got uh, Smash 64, Rivals of Aether, Skullgirls, Lethal League Blaze, Bloody Roar Extreme, Sailor Moon S, uh, Third Strike, Melty Blood, uh... Oh, God. I can't either. I got, I, got, I got to a game I can't pronounce. Uh, I'm going to try my best. Uh, Hitsunoko? Just say Soku. That's what they told me. Soku. Okay. Gotta love it. Uh, Eternal Fighters. Ugh. Eternal Fighter Zero. Killer Instinct. Marvelous Capcom Two, which is hype. Uh, Soul Calibur Six. Grand Fan- uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus Tetris. <laughs> uh, Fantasy Strike. Fight of Animals, which is an awesome game. Uh, full of memes. Windjammers. Them fighting herds. Guilty. Uh, Guilty Gear XR. Uh, Exard Rev 2, I can't speak anymore. Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, Arms, Arcana Heart 3, Twinkle Star Sprites, uh, Laser League, uh, Def Jam Fight for New York, Digimon yeah, Rumble nice. Arena, <laughs> King of Fighters <laughs> 14, Pocket Rumble, Kill a Kill, uh, Tetris Attack, so we got the Yoshi version of Tetris in here too. Oh god. Uh, Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax Ignition, Gundam Versus, Million Arthur Arcana Blood, Project Plus. Whew. AKA PM. PM. It's funny right. that they were, they were one of the first ones I asked too. And, and they're the last the on the end. list. <laughs> yeah. There were some I asked earlier, just took them a while to confirm. And some were like likely candidates and they just dropped out like Dragon Ball and Naruto GNT4 and yeah. there were one or two others. All right. Yeah. And you, uh, you listed this, uh, this cool little line graph of, uh, of games, volunteer staff and prizes. And, like march 14th hey my birthday we're down like at eight or whatever and then yeah before the end of the month it's over 25 like that's wild yeah and i mean so the first ones 
Actually, no. I guess at an early point, I must have gotten in some Discord and just started hopping around some of the, the more niche games. Actually, no. I know exactly what happens. Um, while we were cleaning up QR7, one of the people joked about adding Sailor Moon, and we were thinking about adding some other really, like, poverty FGC games. Yeah. And that's why I jumped in the Discord, just to see if that was even a netplay thing, because I'd never even, like, thought of it before. So they were one of the first ones I asked. And then from there, I think, I think, yeah, I met, um, oh, what's her name? Who is it that runs the Poverty FGC Discord and the Twitter? I forgot. I'm blank. I'm blanking on the name. I want to shout them out. But anyway, I I'm pretty sure I added Sailor Moon through their Discord, and then they just started suggesting like, hey, you should do Soku. Hey, you should do EFZ. Hey, you should do like all these. And then from there, I just found a list and I started hopping like Discord to Discord, asking, or people would just suggest games or like refer me to people directly, and we would set that up privately. Yeah, no, I remember. I was I was sitting in my uh, my house one night and uh, like you just sent out a tweet where it's like, yeah, we're up to twenty something games, and I was like, oh man, like I know one more game that can like get this, and I message you and you're like, yeah, get them, get them, get them. Laser League. Yeah, Laser League. <laughs> that was an interesting one. I never heard of or ran it before. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, it's a it's a small game. I'm uh, we're planning to do an episode on it at some point. Um, but yeah, like I was like, yeah, let's try to get more small small games in the in the spotlight. What I'm surprised is how many of those games actually have online components through like I'm assuming through emulators and whatnot. Well, so it's hit or miss, right? So Third Strike is running a charity event this week, uh, Jazzy is, and they're doing PS4, Xbox 360, and Parsec netcode, I think. Three different netplay versions. We used Parsec because the TOs we contacted who are running their own Marvel tournaments already, they sort of decided that was the best way to do it, mainly because we wanted to stream. Um, okay. Yeah, makes sense. That's why we had only eight Marvel players. Uh, that was a good feedback for next time that people don't care. They just want a PS4 version. But like, another thing is I would never want to TO a netplay tournament if I wasn't in this situation. Like, It helps that it's for charity and that it's not as serious and... You know, there's no entry fee. But if I was a purist, I don't know what I would say to answer for each console or, you know, each platform version for some of these. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, decision so, I want to make. Yeah, so while we're on the topic of charity, um, what charity we uh, did you go for and uh, how much money was raised? We did directive relief. The total was whatever I wrote in that tweet. Let's see. 51 something. And that was across the store, the direct donations to the bar, the entry fees, because a few of the games had an entry fee. And then some of the winners donated back their money, which was nice. So here's that. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of upset I, uh, I didn't make the cut to, uh, to donate money back into the pot. But Which one? For which game? For Lethal League. Oh, so we asked you, right? Yeah. We should have reached out to you after the fact. No, Did we I, reach out to the fact and ask no, you if you I, wanted to donate? I'm saying I I missed top eight. So oh, you missed top eight. Out. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice that some people committed to doing that before, but then I don't blame people for taking the money either. No, so yeah, here's the thing. Uh I I was the person that handed out like uh the prize support for um for Lethal League Blaze and I messaged, you know, first, second, third, and fourth place, and all of them took the money and I was like, 
kind of sucks that the charity's not getting it, but I understand it. But then, like, one of them said something to me, and I was like, oh, shit, I completely forgot about this aspect. Uh, the, fir- the guy who won the tournament, I messaged him, I'm like, hey, man, uh, I got a couple questions for you. One, what's your PayPal? Two, uh, do you want to donate your prize winnings to charity? Um, and he said, no, I want to get the money because I just lost my job. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, fuck. Happy to help people like that. I think, yeah, it, like the way of phrasing it of do you want to get paid out or do you want to donate helped a lot. Yeah. I think for smaller games, especially like you're making like five or ten dollars and that adds up if everyone commits to it. Yeah. It, it looks like about 22.8%. Yeah. That's about how much money we got back. So I'm just happy that like we got whatever amount of prizes in and we were able to raise more than that. Although oh, yeah. I was hoping... Probably we could maybe do ten if we got bigger, but it was a lot to do last minute. The direct relief charity. Um, what do they do? So they do a lot of stuff. I don't want to misspeak. Let's look up their website. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, we have a whatever blurb we sent out about the. They're fighting coronavirus in all fifty states and thirty countries, and then the main thing that stood out to them was their charity navigator rating was super high and they're basically just giving the money to direct charities that need it. So their operating costs are super low. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. That's always good to hear actually. Yeah. And also the, um, our contact in there was Campy, Campy DK, and he's involved with Zeldathons and some other stuff. So he was already familiar with gaming. Uh, there were one or two charities, if you remember that I talked to before and they were kind of like, half interested and then kind of didn't want to be involved and direct relief got involved immediately on a weekend and responded back. So that was nice. Yeah. That's gotta, that's gotta be rough. Cause I do remember you were holding off on like so long to say like, yeah, you know, it's going to charity. And like for a while you had it just set up to your PayPal to be like, yeah, I'll donate it all to charity. Like I'll, I'll find a charity and donate it all. And I was like, that seems kind of, Kind of loose, but well, I'm with you. Yeah, it was to, it was to one like public tracker everyone could see, yeah. so it was clear. But yeah, it was not ideal, and that's why we had to do all the changes last minute because they have rules around that for right. Twitch and front page and Streamlabs and Tiltify both have their own limitations. So we'll see what we do next time. Yeah, that's uh that's another thing. Uh, Twitch front page for the event, right? On uh on at least Sunday. Yeah, that was nice. I wish we could have made better use of it. Um, I mean, we basically, from the start, we're just running to grow fast and like get that partnership with the charity so we could get front page and hopefully use that to raise more money. I don't know if it actually helped to raise more money in this case, but it brought more attention to it at least. Uh, yeah, it was nice. I like that Twitch was able to work with us that fast, but Direct Relief is the, the real ones behind it that were able to get that going. Nice. Totally. You mentioned you um, you wouldn't do an online event again, or at least not unless it was for charity or something. Um, uh, well, I yeah, I think that helps, right? Like, just having the lesser expectations means less complaints and more fun environment, and it's not for money, and there's no entry fees and less serious in every way. Well, what so, were some of the difficulties? Like, why 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 would you be more hesitant to do that over one in person? Oh, no, I would much prefer to do in person. I'm saying for half these games, I wouldn't want to run them online. The ah, only okay, day, okay. yeah, like this was the only excuse that I would do it through by making it so, you know, casual and enjoyable in a way. Like, 
I mean, if we were in a world where we all lived in bunkers and we had to set up a competitive league for, I don't know, some of these games with no rollback or just like terrible netcode, and then we had to debate how that would happen, that's like a whole other thing. I mean, in the next few months, like, that could be a thing. Mm, yeah, hopefully not. I mean, we'll, maybe we'll do another of these events. But again, I think doing it for charity at least helps me in terms of stress and having less people complain about it. So, yeah, like you, you would say that's probably like one of the difficulties and barriers of running uh, an online event of this magnitude. Like, because if this wasn't for charity, you had 36 games, which is literally combo breaker levels of uh, like of an event. If this was all just like, yeah, you pay your money in, you prize support, but you got to do it online, that'd be a nightmare for you, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, every community I asked, what is the best setting for this? And most of them said free because that's how online works. People would be weird if it wasn't. And if you want to put up $50 or whatever, that's nice, but they don't even expect it. Right. So we felt we had to put up something to make it standard across the event. And then the idea was that hopefully some of that would go back to the charity. So we, we have better ways of doing that next time. But yeah, in the end, these are mainly just already existing online TOs, discords, and streamers. And they knew what they were doing, and they were all competent. And we just kind of roped them all together and you know unified them together into one big event. That's actually awesome. What would yeah, you do different this time, though? Like, what did you learn? Like, you said you would do some things differently. Oh, in terms of not giving out so much prize money from our organization oh, okay. up front because we ended up donating a lot of our money to charity in a way got it got it but yeah uh how about from an organizational standpoint what would you do differently i don't know that's an interesting one like i do project management with other work i do so i had a general sense of how to go about this but I don't know from like clearly working with people on discord and the gaming world is different than the business world where you use slack and other products so one i knew we had to do it all in discord and then two i knew it had to be in like one google doc because no one is going to keep track of multiple things right. especially with 100 plus people so i mean that's all i did i just kept it as simple as possible and it happened to work although if it's scaled next time i think like having the one point person for each group would be nice but like it just didn't work out that way and it got a bit messy but i think we, we have a pretty reliable group the decentralized nature helps because each one little each group self-regulates and as long as they're able to like collectively tell me we'll get this done in time or we'll do this for you then i'm happy and i don't care who is behind it you know right as um as one of like the tos for one of the events i can kind of speak to that aspect where you came to us, you were like, hey, we're organizing this big event. Uh, we want your game to be a part of it. Like, tell us what you're doing so we can send a message out and get the word out there. But you guys just run it on your own. And it was even to the point where it's like, yeah, like, if your game has a Discord, run your event in that Discord. Don't run it here. Exactly. Like, think of, oh, wow. first of all, th this was our private Discord, the one that everyone joins. Yeah. And I thought it'd be weird, like, clearly people would hate you if it was just join our Discord because everyone wants you to join your own Discord. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, keep it where the communities want, get them to grow their own Discord growth, also get more viewership, more new players. Uh, I think next time it'd be good to have, like, better welcome pages set up to teach people how to net play for all the new games and maybe have tutorials and, like, have a whole week of hype up to get people into these games and then have their first online experience. So there's many ways to improve it for next time, but... 
I think having each community be its own standalone thing is definitely um, an integral part of that. Um, one thing that I, I personally think can go into the lessons learned and what to do differently next time is kind of give it a little bit more time. Because <laughs> um, I, well, I, I, yeah. like, I feel like we were kind of like in the heat of the moment. And we're like, yeah, we're doing it. We're going to run an online event. And then it's like, shit, it's the end of the month. That was like a week ago, and now we have 36 games. We didn't have enough time for all of this. Well, it, I think it was exactly how it needed to be, to be honest. Like, one, we had a, I don't remember how early you joined, but at least with the Melee people, we had a long debate of, like, what day would be best. Yeah. And we chose, we were going to run on Pound, but we had, we guessed they were going to cancel, but we didn't want to do anything on top of them if they did an online event. Right. So we had to do it the week earlier. It was very clear after Pound, every event was going to go online. Like everything was blowing up. So we pushed ourselves on purpose to go early. And we only ended up, like, we only wanted to do six or seven games. We never meant to do 36. <laughs> so the idea of eventually going to two days and, and all this other stuff. It didn't even cross your mind. Yeah, they're good problems to have. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, it was a lot of stress for me to split everything into two days with a few days to go. But, you know, again, it's for charity. It's casual. It's online. There's no logistic issues. If you can't make it, it's free. Like, right. there's way less stress involved, and it was for the better. But yeah, clearly, like more planning would be nice next time. Yeah. But the, now that we know how big it can get, and we have some pre-planning, like who knows what we could do? Right. Yeah. The first time, it's always going to be a mess. But you take that and you learn from it, and you go, okay, if we do want to run this again in like the next month we'll know, give ourselves a little bit more time and start it out at two days and see where we go from there. Yeah, and there's this great image. I don't know if I shared this with you before. Like all good products, like startups, video games, you have to build them this way. Yes. Yeah. Like you can't build rollback first and then build a game around it. You have to be like rivals and have an entire community and build an entire like game to prove that it's worthy of getting rollback. And then you build your new game and new netcode. So likewise, it's the same. Like we had our skateboard to start in this image here, um, and we just kept adding and adding and adding to it. And then eventually, we were able to shape it into something. But now we have, you know, the basis for the next product, and that's the nice part. Yeah. Would you say with all of the events closing down around you, did it help your event? Yeah. I mean, I did feel like quarterly rapport as an organization was actively trying to help the other tournaments. Like we donated money to CEO and Mimas and um what was the we did another one recently. Oh, was it I don't remember which one, just combo breaker? Yeah, combo breaker. But we like we wanted to originally raise money for them, but we didn't think that was I don't know, that was just a weird gray area. Like we would get less people involved if they were going to different organizations and it wasn't one central charity. Right. Yeah. So that was awkward. We kind of dropped that. Um, and then, yeah, like we rushed early knowing that would be good for us and also because there was nothing that would be ready in time. So now that, like, now that we've solidified our place and made the event, I have no problem like taking our time and scheduling around other events as usual. I don't mean to outcompete them online in any way. We were not an online event to begin with, so it was really just a nice one-time fun thing that blew up for us. Well, you guys like 
uh, I don't know if it's you guys specifically, but the the fact that it went off well, a lot of other people are doing uh, turning their tournaments online now. Well, like, I things you would never consider would be an online event is now online. I don't give us credit for that. Like clearly, we I don't want to say we're visionary, but like I knew instantly, or cut me out. and you know me and my co-founders knew instantly. Oh, did I cut out? Hello. You're you're good. Okay. Felipe cut out. But yeah, like we had an idea that everything was going online very quick because like there's there's chats for all the TOs on the East Coast for Melee and some other games. And we would just post back and forth with the different estimates from each state and like be advising each other on when to cancel. So at some point we sort of knew everything was going offline. And I, like I said, that was a week after we decided to keep running our event on the 7th. So we had just barely gone it in and we knew like the 14th was kind of like the deadline where everything was shutting down. And then the idea of doing it online just kind of came out of nowhere or came out of that idea for the New Jersey Melee tournament. Right. But before that, Quarterly had never done an online event. It was more like we got involved because it started getting bigger and we started managing all the little games. Right. So now everybody's doing online though. Yeah. What was that? Like everybody's going online now because I, I don't know if it's because yeah. you guys, but because it's like, not because it us. It's it's just fate. Yeah, we were it, just the first like, ones. It proved their work, though. I don't know. Like a lot of events that I never thought would go online. Well, that's the thing. I that's why I'm very specifically saying we proved a certain model, and it's for charity with free entry and all this other stuff. Because like Pound is running a nationwide five thousand dollar pot bonus melee. I think like. I get that it's an honor of pounds, but I just don't think, like, I would not want to TO that event. You know, I agree. I it think doesn't feel a lot of right. Complaining. Yeah, one, the logistics for nationwide are insane. That's why we had each community limit it to what they thought was best or like what would get the most people. And then two, it's like, yeah, I would rather keep the competitive integrity intact and do it in person if possible. I get that pound can't, but like. Yeah, that when you put those stakes of money on it, I would prefer for it to be better if possible. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough because when you're when you're at a local event, it's like when you lose, it you only have yourself to blame or the opponent's just better than you or like you messed up on something or like whatever. But when you add the online element to it, there is like that there's always the lingering aspect of like, well, I probably could have beat him if I didn't have like two frames of input lag. Well, yeah, it, it's an entirely different meta when it comes to the gameplay and when it comes to the TOing. Like, like for melee, we basically had to have an entry fee because the amount of trolls for free entry at that scale is just too big. Yeah. Um, and even at that point, we had people dropping out of bracket midway through and like messing stuff up on challenge because they would just delete their accounts and stuff. So oh wow like, oh yeah, yeah so like, let me let me actually uh, I I want to talk about this uh, we fixed it by the way if you're talking about I know we, yeah I saw <laughs> we finally got yeah, it imported been, into bracket yeah I emailed the support guy the last few days and they just fixed it today um so for Lethal League Blaze uh correct me if I'm wrong but I believe it was the largest event at the uh, at the tournament um we had 300 signups uh full bracket 256 players. Um, and one player deleted their account, so there was a blank in the bracket where they lost, like, where they lost in winners and losers, 
and we couldn't finish the tournament. Like, the whole page would just crash because that account is not there, so it doesn't know what to do. Yeah, it was a challenge bug. But they fixed it. Now it just says removed or something else there, and right. I was able to finish that. But, like, yeah, like, there are all these different issues when it comes to TOing, but then it's, like, yeah. Not only is it the the issues of lag and the different time zones or, you know, the different... um regions and latency between servers but it's also just having the different meta where some things are reactable and some things aren't and being able to adapt to that yeah so i don't i hesitate to call it a major just because people would take it seriously i don't know charity major online whatever whatever we called it was a nice way of phrasing it online major for charity so let me ask you this um for for melee do you like and I already know your stance on um, on Smash GG and things like that. So, uh, like, if you want to get into that, we can. Or we can save that for, like, another time. But um, for your Melee event, do you think it would have been possible if you had abided with the Smash World Tour rule set to say, like, yeah, I want this event to be a silver event for Smash World Tour? Um, so, there, well, there's multiple things there. One is qualifying your event for the smash world tour one is following the smash world tour rule set which in the are in the in-person events we had wobbling legal just up until recently right um i don't know what i'm going to do in the future but i may follow the swt rule set even if i don't join the tour and then yeah like i i think in theory you can recreate the bracket on smash gg and we'll count it if you really wanted to yeah but uh, like, if someone wants to do that, feel free. I don't have the time to re-enter all these people on Smash GG for melee. Yeah, but I'm saying like in a perfect world where like you abided by all of those rules, do you think you would have went to like whatever method oh. you need to do to be like, yeah, I want to apply this tournament for a silver event? Do, what do you mean? Do you think I would have gotten more entrance? No, I'm I'm asking like do you like with online legitimacy out there do you think this could have just been qualified for a smash world tour event oh i have no clue you'd have to look up uh their rules and restrictions we may have been too early isn't it starting like april something i, I believe people could have signed up okay like a while ago well i know qr7 was too early so i didn't worry about it um yeah i mean i think people could still just enter it on smash gg if they want me to I could just give them access. They can make the bracket if they want their points. That's what we're doing for the Power Rangers people. Right. I think, yeah. I Like, I understand if you want a version on GG for your points. That's not the issue. We'll help you out. Yeah. I guess, like, the main point I'm trying to get to is, like, do you think online events can hold, like, a candle in legitimacy compared to, like, a live event? Well, I don't know. That's like a, that's a highly deep question, right? Right. We're clearly going toward a Solaria type existence of Earth where we're all in our own bubble and communicating remotely. So, like two hundred years down the line, who knows what competitive integrity is going to be for that era? Right. But like for melee, clearly, you I don't think you should be counting net play events as seriously as in person events. Okay, that's kind of where I wanted to get. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's the. I would not be running a melee tournament with an entry fee online unless it was for charity. I think that's kind of sketch otherwise. Unless you have a big pop bonus like pounds, like, yeah. and they know you. 
Part of the, actually, yeah, that's another thing. Part of the delay was both Challenge and Smash GG have different regulations for money when it's an online event. Because think about all the random TOs out there that would just charge for like, I don't know. It seems like a wild west of tournament organizing. Yeah. <laughs> There's enough bad TOs in person at the local level as it is. Yeah, like that's true. And then you give them power behind a laptop where you can't physically yeah. look at them. Yeah, you just them. sit in your Discord with hundreds of people. Yeah. So we had, well, like, Smash GG, I think I manually applied as a trusted TO, and now they enabled my online payments. And for Chalond, I needed to get an LLC. That's why we, like, partnered with another um, another organization, uh, Big Blue, or sorry, Shine Series. Right. So we'll have an LLC next time set up. We just didn't have time, but... I think, I don't know. We'll see what we use going forward. There's downsides to every platform right now. Yeah. So, the event ran well. Um, what do you think was, like, the biggest surprise overall? Uh, surprise for who? In general. For, I don't know. Let, let's go for you right now. I don't know. I was surprised. I guess I was surprised at how well it went, too. I mean... It was stressful getting to that point, but like we had structured it in such a way that it was probably going to be easy to run because everyone was just running their own game in their own Discord, and I just had to manage a bunch of upper-level stuff. So in terms of that, it wasn't so bad. I think it was more about could we raise the money and the reception. I'm, I'm glad it's positive reception, though. No one complained. So... I'm surprised you got so many damn games. Like, holy crap. Yeah, um... I don't know. It didn't seem that crazy after we started because it's so easy to just go. Like, we had a script down where I'd just go in the Discord, find who's in charge, and be like, hey, I'm in charge of this. Put me, like, send me to your leader. And we would just get the, the group going. <laughs> that, that's it, literally what it was. It was like, hey, who, yeah. who's the boss around here? But, well, so that's what Quarterly is, though, because I know Jazzy and that they're my people in charge of Third Strike. And, like, Ken and Black is in charge of Skullgirls. So we have our one-point person for all of those, like, eight or ten games already. And then I just kept extending it out, and people would refer me for the, the bigger network of small games I wasn't aware of. So it, it's, yeah, it's the same model. It's kind of funny. I'm, I guess it's a good sign that we were able to get 36 in two weeks. Like, if we really put our mind to it. I wonder if we could get like a hundred games running on one weekend. Yeah, or if that's even gonna, a good idea. I was gonna say, like in in the the darkest timeline where COVID never goes away and everyone is stuck in their houses for the rest of time, you you could probably be like, hey, in three months we're gonna run an online event. Let's see how many games we can get and make this as big as possible. Yeah, I I mean. My concern now is that there's just so many online events. And also, if this lifts in, like, three months, then yeah, nobody's going to want to do an yeah, online like, event on a Saturday. Yeah, you're, you would, you're, you would yeah. probably plan halfway through. Like, you'd probably plan, like, the beginning or middle of June. I don't know. Like, I again, it was perfect timing for our online event. We were just before everyone, right when people were starting to stay home. So I would... I don't want to say I want to make sure that we're in a bad spot. Right. Like, Corona's going to last longer. But it may not be worth doing a quarantine too with, like, a three-week gap between them. Like, we may have to wait a bit longer. That's fair. I don't know. What do you think we should do? I don't know. Like, I... As someone who's been a part of an online community running games for a while, I understand the importance of tournaments and other events. 
um, to make sure the game is still thriving and active. But I also understand the detriment of uh, tournament saturation, where you have you ha- you have your weekly tournaments and then you have like your monthly tournaments, like and people are like running all these tournaments and there's like no financial gain for it and it's like the same three people winning so people stop signing up for tournaments and then your game is dead (laughs) like yeah that's the whole idea of quarterly report like quarterly was the best for us because from like at a certain scale your game cannot survive on locals because it's too small and it can't survive it like it needs a major because that's the only time you get enough people in one place but if it's only running at a major once a year game's dead anyway so we thought quarterly was the perfect intermediary between them maybe like half a year would be ideal but yeah i think there's something to be said for like more quality and less quantity especially when it comes to online events there's way too many of them yeah um and like i said um with the lethal league blaze community i kind of stopped for like a year i kind of i ran the uh combo breaker 2019 tournament and then i kind of like dropped the game for almost a year and i came back because uh there was a tournament that was being run and it got like 40 50 entrants and i was like what year was that uh that was like this year so like early this year was getting 50 in person uh no 50 for an online event oh okay got it um and i was like okay like i'll i'll play for this like tournament that got 50 people because like that's a large number i'm used to like tournaments only getting like 15 people uh and then like because of how the tournaments were like blocked out at this time that one got 50 and then the next one got 70 and then you came to us for uh quarantine report and we got 256 interesting and it's because like we're kind of in like the the golden age of of tournaments where we have just the right amount and there's just the right amount of players playing (laughs) like so, like, how frequent are, are Lethal League events? Once a month? Yeah, like, monthly. Yeah, I think that's a decent amount for most communities. Like, I, actually, I don't want to prescribe that rule. Because there's some really niche poverty games we worked with where they have their small group that, like, does it every weekend, and it's kind of fun. But, yeah, like, at a... There, there's a know. certain point where, like, you run at a weekly event, and it's the same Tom, Dick, and Harry playing at the event and you're like are you saying like online yeah like same it, okay. like the the things you have local happen online they just happen at like a different scale yeah that's true that's another thing i really had so little experience online toing even though i had like 10 plus years toing locals and, and like regionals and majors and stuff so it i don't know it's simultaneously easier than i thought and more like convoluted than i thought it's easier because so when you're physically TOing, you have to be multiple places at the same time. And with an online event, it's easier to do that. But Well, it's like you also there's things like you have no set of limitation. So who says you can't have a pool of like sixty people? Yeah. Like there, there's all these wow, different mathematical yeah, like all these different ideas come into play. Also, I, I hate the idea of doing two day online events. I really wish I didn't split melee up, but like you could start ex- playing with some some interesting things if you had enough people involved. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like the 256 Lethal League Blaze tournament. Like, we were done in like three four hours. Oh, that's not bad. Like, I don't know how fast that game is either. 
Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's like, average fighting game. Like, we have, like, five-minute rounds. Um, so, like, a set lasts, like, eight to 14 minutes at most. Is it, like, three out of five the whole time? Uh, two out of three, and then, like, top eight was three out of five. Okay, that sounds... And then it was 256 online. Yeah, and, like... Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because we're not limited by setups. Like, we're able to just, like, fly through games. Like, all of the, like first round was like a mess because that's where like all the new people are like i don't know how to do anything please help me and then after yeah. that the tournament just kind of runs itself yeah there there are some other considerations like that too like should you have different flights be, or should you have i don't know it really it really just comes down to having enough volunteers because you can split the bracket up however you want. Either as pools or just one giant DE with different areas and even having like different channels for each separate part of the bracket and one channel for losers maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to do on the online front. I think, did you show me the the Discord bot for running online tournaments or is that Yin Yin? That was probably Yin Yin. That was kind of cool. I don't know if it would work, but maybe we could do that for like 512 next time. I just time. thought about how do you... How do you verify the person? Did he cut out? He cut out. How do you verify people is a good question. I let me let me try and infer what he's talking about because I, I it, think I know what he's talking well, about. How do is you, it Discord like, handles? Yeah, like how do you ver like let's say, you know, you got Mango who signs up to your tournament, but he's Scorpion Master, right? Like, but you don't know that mango is scorpion master and you seed him improperly in yeah the so, i mean that's another thing about the new wild wild west okay. of net play like oh you're back hey so you you can't okay, realistically good... you can't yeah, realistically it like you got it. Okay, banned. um I, like on one level it's like if it's a human behind there and you're trusting it's not an ai or you know whatever it's just an email address you're paying out to that's their identity so you can trust Master G or Challenge or whatever to confirm who it is, but there's no real way to know who that is yeah. playing. It's so the Lethal League Blades community has a notorious history of people signing up for tournaments with like fake names and messing up the seeds. Yeah, and just, it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> just literally ruining the bracket. And we had like one person that uh, attempted to do that. Um, and we found it because of the sign-up sheet. He had his Discord information, but that—that's so, like someone could just make a new Discord account and sign up. So, well, there, yeah, there's a few ideas we had. One was the entry fee for melee and the bigger games, because otherwise you just get random free trolls. Um, the other thing was having the Discord sheet requiring them to join both Discords, things like that. Uh, clearly, that all works at some level, but like it, you could just make if you really wanted to evade a ban. You could just make a Discord and do whatever with your IP or VPN to get around this and play. So, like, we had on the last day or like an hour before Melee, some person came to me or someone started complaining in the Discord and putting, putting up a paste bin like, this guy was banned from the whatever Montreal or Ontario, some Canadian area because he was, I don't even know what he did. Like, the point was, you can't be sending me this last minute and expect me to ban this person I've never heard of before in your local scene at this massive online tournament because I don't even know if this is the person who it says it is. So in the future, I guess, if people bring issues to our attention, we could figure out a way to regulate it. 
but like uh, that's another benefit of being online and for charity and all this other stuff I, I would rather not have the stress of figuring that stuff out at the high stakes level right because if someone you know joins under a fake alias and uh you know they mess up the bracket and it's for charity they're just an asshole or just random seated like smash is the only ones that really unless we get massive brackets we have to start seeding them but like yeah, worst case you do is they have some troll tag. It's not like they're talking or on commentary or anything. Like, right. uh, and I think, well, we didn't actually go through and censor any tags. Maybe we should have. <laughs> but next time we'll we'll try to standardize the experience more without infringing on each community's little sense of style. I'm just interested in like if like a Falco Master 3000 kind of shows up situation. That'd where be great. Who? It's actually online's the only place that works. Yeah, so like Mango shows up um, under a totally different name. Uh, you're literally, I literally inferred all of that. You're doing the exact same thing that I literally asked. Him. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. I was yeah. out for a lot of that. I know. Oh, okay, no, but yeah, like that's perfectly fine. And for sixty four, I think they tried, or someone was trying to enter like the West Coast bracket under a different name just to mess around. But, like they caught them. Um, yeah, I, I want to allow that too, because there should be a way to be like an anonymous guy with a funny tag and like a weird profile picture show up, and like do some crazy stuff on stream and never be heard of again. It's, it's one of those things, but like, I don't, I don't know much about like melee or sixty four net play and stuff like that. But for it's uh, bad. Yeah, but, <laughs> but for it's not Blaze, so bad anymore. But, still... but for Blaze, um because like there is a history of this like we had a channel with like five or six to's going through the list and like we like you could have snuck it by us but like we found like people we were like yeah no sign up with your actual account or you're not playing in the tournament like so oh, yeah we that's good you had the manpower to to enforce that but there's no way i could realistically do it yeah exactly it's exactly. easy when you have small games, though. It's up to the community to kind of regulate it itself in that regard, and they have to know their community enough to to spot <laughs> it when it's going to happen. Like, I literally, I literally looked at the entrance and was like, okay, everyone above this person I know is legit. These are the people that are questionable. And I was basing it off of, like, uh, challenge creation date, uh, discord name uh their username in general could i even find them in discord things like that yeah like luckily your event was more casual and charity based but like we were mentioning pound a lot and i can feel like i see like that might be a problem yeah i think they have to approach it with a certain amount of levity like well if they have the manpower to sit there and verify each person they really care enough to do it, then yes, they should. If they're trying to preserve whatever remnants of the offline integrity there is. But I don't know. It's kind of fun to embrace that front line. Like, basically fame these days, your five minutes of fame is like getting clipped on an AGDQ run or like being in a random FGC stream and getting some combo or like being in chat. So this is just another way for a random competitor in a random event to have their little spotlight yeah. in front of people for charity. Yeah, no, like, I, I definitely get that. Like, as like, that's I, on the good side of stuff though. Like the oh, bad side is if somebody like registers twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they, that's like, yeah, I'm not into that. I don't know how we can enforce it though. 
But like in, when it comes to like entering with random tags or names or like trolling or playing weird, like in the end they can't do much to you because they're just playing at you through the screen. There's no chat or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't worried about that. There was one, um, I think there was a Tetris community member who was banned, but they allowed him to enter without joining the Discord so he could only play but not communicate. And I, I think that's a good solution too because like, they can't hurt you online, especially if they're muted and not in the disc with everyone. So if the TOs are willing to manage it, I think that's also a nice thing to do for bands people or like people who are otherwise excluded. Yeah. It's like the last way they can interact in a in a you know as long as the community agrees. Way. Yeah. It's like I said, it's Oh uh, yeah, it, it depends on the situation, of course. <laughs> I wasn't as sure of each community situation, so I trusted them on that. Right. I don't think I have the authority to step in and be like, what? He did what? He said <laughs> Get what? Get him out of here! <laughs> yeah, I try to be as libertarian as possible, but if they, I'll let them do whatever they want. I don't think I've had to ban anyone from my IRL events yet. It hasn't been so bad. Man, it must be nice. Oh, you have? No, I have not banned no. anyone from Monk. my events. So, I mean, in online communities, so in Syracuse, like, there's literally a dude that's banned from, like, all Smash events up here. Um, in online Do communities, we have banned a player for some stuff. Is it Manalord? No, it's, well, hey, you know Manalord. No, Manalord's not banned. He's, he's the great grandfather up here. No, I, talk, I like, no, I like Manalord. I talked to him about, to like, he's the only person I could talk to about, like, stuff from, like, 2006. Because he's the only person that's been playing as long as I have up here. That's so funny. So wait, who would be banned up there? I don't even who know the dude's tag. Like, I've oh, okay. never seen the dude at an event because he's just, like, perma-banned. I don't know. Um, But I know in uh in Tampa, Dom's banned from, like... Yep. Uh, oh, oh, wait. Dom the melee player? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dom the melee player game. plays, like, fifth at, or third Interesting. At, your, at your tournament. So- they, I don't know what he did, so I don't want to be on the hook for this, but, like, people were aware he was joining and no one brought an issue up with him, but there were other people that people brought issues up for. That's weird. So I didn't, I did not know Dom had a, a past. I'm not going to judge him, though, because I don't know what it is. Yeah. I've only heard. Realistically, it's... most people that get banned from events have nothing to do with playing. It's usually something that happens outside. Yeah, it's usually um, behavioral. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's another thing that benefits an online event because the, a lot of those, a lot of the things they did that got them banned usually can't be replicated. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, I, I don't know if I want to get into the politics of this because I don't know his situation. That's but that's I have, like a whole I have other no episode. problem. <laughs> yeah, it, if fine. they can't talk and they can't hurt and they can't bother, like I don't know. Right. It's like, what's the difference between you seeing their tag in bracket and someone entering with their tag and you not knowing who they are? Right. It's kind of hard to say. Although I guess you would censor tags if, you know, if they were notorious trolls and they were, I don't know. This is this is a good area to discuss with TOs in the future. I've never had to do it in an online environment. Well, thought provoking. <laughs> yeah, very. It's not like, this is not a job I end in the future. <laughs> so I'm already thinking about how we'll have to deal with this. Like, GDQ has their whole process of applying, and they, like, background search you or whatever the hell they do, and they, like, check up on how you've done the last few months, and then they, like, 
you know, they have a whole system in place to filter things out and make sure it's good for stream. Like we don't have that much time and right. we run it over two days. So we have to do as much as we can to improve the event quality, but it's probably not going to be as thorough as what they're doing. Yeah. And like you said, hopefully COVID-19 is, uh, is not sticking around for too much longer. So you won't have to plan another major, huge online event. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It sounds fun. As long as it's for charity, it doesn't have to be COVID-related. We'll have to think of a better pun. But, like, I guess we'll just wait to, to you know... We'll see. We'll see where the world takes what, us. Do you really think it's going to be, like, June? I think we're still going to be in it until the end of May, for sure. Like, uh, 100%. All right, I don't know what to believe, because there's so many different dates out there. But, yeah, I guess I'll just give it a week or two, and then maybe I'll post in the Discord and be like, yo... Who's up for round two? <laughs> maybe we'll see what people think. Although I'm not rushing to do it because I think cooling off once in a while is important. It is. Cool. Like, wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess we could do it like quarterly online too. We could stick to that format. <laughs> it may be easier, actually. We don't do it. We do it like three times a year for a real one. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I mean, you can still keep it as quarantined. Like, that still... That still works. It only works if we're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> right, but like... <laughs> I feel like that's still gonna happen. I don't know. I was trying to think of a good pun for, like, a general online quarterly report event, but there's too many levels of pun. and There weren't... Like, I couldn't figure a good one out. The trick is um, incorporating the incorporating the quarterly part of it because there's plenty of business puns you can like. Yeah. So, well, I thought of all the R words though. Like, what is a net play thing that could replace rapport or something online related? I'll get back to you. Yeah, I've thought pretty hard. If you have a good one, I, I love putting puns in my tournament names. I don't know if quarantined report is a pun. It's more of a play on our previous pun, but whatever. Cool. This is the part of the podcast where we, we kind of wind down. We're spiraling in the madness. We All never right. know how to end it. Yeah, which, Sounds good. which means it's probably time to end it. We're, we're a little over an hour. So, okay. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, listening. Um, thank uh, you. Yeah. Chris, if you want to plug your Twitter and everything else that you uh, you got going on. Oh, I have nothing to plug. I don't know. Follow Quarterly Report. Uh, Q, how do we do it? Q-T-R-L-Y-R-A-P-P-O-R-T. I'll put that in the description. <laughs> yeah, Quarterly Report. And I don't know. Do you have any other sponsors to shout out? What else do you do at the end of a podcast? Yeah, I mean, normally... We just say peace. Yeah, normally... We just say peace. Yeah, uh, you can follow me, uh, twitch.tv slash monkhb. Uh, I'm trying to be a little more active on Twitter, at honkybananas. I saw that. I'm surprised. Yeah, I hate Twitter, but I'm trying, man. Uh, I'm, I'm at freddyzero on Twitter. Also, follow me there if you want, I guess. Also, follow QW Esports on Twitter. At, that's right, that's a thing. At QW Esports. <laughs> Queued up East. I'm trying to spell it. There it is. There's nothing there yet, but yeah. we're getting there. <laughs> we're, we're working on it. It's new. It's brand new. 
It's all right. It's like the the image I sent you. You start with the skateboard. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we did all right with uh even with uh, D'Angelo being absent. I'm surprised he didn't join us in the middle of uh the episode like I anticipated, but maybe next. Sorry, D'Angelo. Yeah, I'm sure you're worth meeting at some point in my life. Oh, he's a character. I don't I don't know what's great. Yeah, no. to make him. All right, I'm sure he's a great guy. All right. Uh, thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you later. Peace. All right. Good night.